0: Joey Votto is back, but that might mean a Reds future phenom will not make the opening day roster. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked on Reds. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day on this wonderful St. Patrick's Day week. It's my favorite time of the year, as Jeff well knows. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we are diehard baseball fans. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken our love of the game our passion for baseball. And we have turned that passion into information for you on today's podcast. As Jeff said, right up top, Joseph Daniel Votto is back. We're going to tell you what that means for the roster and uh, what we could see as far as a lineup uh, on opening day, which is just about two and a half weeks away. Uh, the Reds also announced who's going to be throwing out the first pitch at opening day. And it got us to thinking, uh, we're going to tell you who's throwing the pitch and we're going to share our thoughts about it coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we're also going to get you caught up on all of the notable names that the Reds have reassigned from uh, major league camp out in Goodyear to minor league camp as uh, we get closer and closer to the roster being set, but Jeff, I think where we got to start is with, uh, the future hall of famer, Joseph Daniel Votto being back in action as of yesterday.
0: Yes. It was awesome to see Joey back in the lineup. Only got two at bats and you know, I mean, he, he only made contact once struck out the first time he was facing Dustin may. So he was facing a major league pitcher and The contact that he had was weak and it was to the other side, but it was just good to see him out on the field. And he had this to say about his return. It's nice to get a full camp. I feel like I'm more prepared this year than I have been in a while. So I'm going to need to accumulate to my bats first. I'm looking forward to coming back. I feel optimistic and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing major league games with good health. So I like what he's saying there, and if you pair it with what David Bell said about Joey's return, I'm going to tell you why I'm optimistic. Yeah, you know, Really, the timing, he couldn't have gone any faster than he did. He worked so hard to get to this point, and the exciting part is we do still have a couple weeks left before we break camp, and he's getting into a major league game today, and we just go from there. I think... Steve, if you read between those lines and kind of how they're talking and, and really, if you just think about where Joey is in his career, he should be ready for opening day. He doesn't need a ton of spring training games to be ready for opening day at this point.
1: No, he doesn't need a lot of practice. I think the thing he needs is a lot of pitches, and that doesn't yes. necessarily mean a lot of spring training games. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have minor league guys throwing to him on backfields. I'm sure that they're going to get him in as much games as they can uh, with uh, the time they have left out in Goodyear. What I saw from him yesterday, uh, you know, you mentioned the weak contact, and you know, he went 0 for 2. I think he was just trying to kind of get a, an eye for timing up the ball. He didn't look like a player that was up there to really take some hacks. He looked like somebody that was just kind of trying to find his comfort, find his zone, shake off the rust uh, against somebody that was really competing. So you know, I was happy to see him back out there. I wasn't looking for him to open up going two for two with two home runs. Uh, that That's an unrealistic expectation. I think just the fact that, that he was back on the field. You know, if you had told me at the end of last year, uh, asking me to take a bet of who would be back in spring training games first, Joey Votto or Nick Senzel, uh, I would have lost money because yeah. I would have, I would have, there would have been no way that I would have thought that Joey That's Votto true. would have been back, and yet here he is. So he is really accelerated through his recovery, he has really accelerated through his rehab, and I'm looking for good things from him. And I think you're right, I think that him being back now does allow for enough time for him to be ready to be in the opening day lineup. So
0: that brings up the awkward elephant in the room. Um, Does that leave CES off the opening day roster? Because hear me out, Joey Votto returning really puts a cramp. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing. This is a good thing that Joey Votto is back. But for those of us that wanted to see CES on the major league roster on opening day, Listen to this. So you've got Votto on the roster. you got Jonathan India on the roster. Spencer Steer, Tyler Stevenson, Luke Mailey, Kurt Casali. Those guys are all on the roster. Got Kevin Newman. You've got Jose Barrero. So you got five outfield spots then. So if you add CES to this roster with Joey Votto, you're either taking away an outfield spot or you're saying Jose Barrero is going to be part of the outfield mix or you're taking away a catcher spot, which they're not going to do. So does CES, I I, I think that this kind of takes him as much as I hate to admit it. I think this means he begins the year in triple.
1: So as you know, I struggled my way through this while we were prepping, trying to figure out a way to make this still work. And there is a scenario. I mean, you're right. What would have to happen is they would have to carry only four outfielders, meaning probably the three lefties in Benson, Friedel and Fraley carry one more right-hander. Your guess is as good as mine, but I think that's right. So in that case, there's your four outfielders. In order to have CES on this roster, you would have to commit to playing Spencer Steer in the outfield versus left-handed pitching. And he has a whopping one game in the outfield in the minors. Yeah, I
0: think we said on Friday he has experience in the outfield. And well he does. Like, again, that was true. We about, <laughs> yeah, he has more he has one more game than you and me. So <laughs> I, so, um, so, yeah. yeah it's-
1: so, I mean, the, it, if you squint and turn your head sideways, there's a path, uh, yeah. but it's not a realistic one. Uh, I think you're right. What this probably means is if Joey Votto is healthy and ready to go for opening day, they send CES down to Louisville, let him play full time every day without having to, to get super creative to create spots for him. And then if an injury opens up an opportunity for him, uh, he'll be the first man up. I, I would guess that's how they handle CES heading into the start of the season.
0: And and it's not only to say the, the long shot of actually making the roster calculus work to put CES on this roster for opening day, but also what's his role? Because with Joey Votto here, Joey Votto is going to get the lion's share of the playing time at first base, even if they were to create a platoon situation because they face more righties than they face lefties. That's just statistics that's just the case plus that would also mean that right out of the gate David Bell and Nick crawl are committing to a platoon situation at first base for Joey Votto and I don't think that's where they are
1: right now I don't know I don't know I think they may they may have already inched that direction by saying that every week Tyler Stevenson is going to play two games down there Right. So yeah, by by that. saying that, I think they've laid the foundation. I think this really boils down to the available roster spot. If if somebody gets hurt, if somebody prominent amongst the infield group gets hurt and creates oh, a yeah. spot, I can see a scenario where you bring up CES, you tell Joey that he's going to he's going to share half-half, he's going to platoon and and you and you soften the blow by saying well you'll be the dh a lot you're not gonna sit the bench but we're gonna do some things and what we think is best for the team and i think that joey would have to live with that and i think they've laid that foundation so i don't i don't necessarily agree that they wouldn't go platoon i think it's more about wanting to be able to play ces full-time and they can't do that with the guys they have on the roster right now
0: well the good news is joy vado's back and we're very certain that this spells an opening day start for him that we will see him back in what is very likely his final year in a reds uniform and and i'm hoping that i'm wrong about that i've said it before in spring training i think that he will be back it's just it's 50 50 at this point I, I don't know that i should be expecting him to be back in 2024 but it's good to see him back and, and i hope that we see that comeback player of the year campaign like we are hoping for but you know what steve the reds announced who will throw out the ceremonial first pitch for opening day and it's neither of the reds hall of famers uh yeah no because you got bronson royal you got danny graves leading the parade no steve it's not you it's not either of them either uh, Is the ceremonial first pitch a Reds Hall of Famer, though, in his own right? That is coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors, and that's LinkedIn. You know, these days, new potential hires can feel like a high-stakes wager for a small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Creating a job post on LinkedIn is as easy as trying to figure out if I'm going to take the over. Spoiler alert, probably am. Then add your job to the, in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile on LinkedIn and spread the word. That's your hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Coming up tomorrow with Joey Fodder returning uh on Sunday. We pushed back our idea for Monday. So tomorrow, did you know that Babe Ruth was almost a red twice? We're gonna look back on a couple of missed opportunities. By the Reds front offices of old, no, we're not going to blame that on Nick Crawl. I think that would be a little unfair. He didn't have anything to do with it. All right, Steve. um
1: I'm sure, the it's, Reds Bob fault, to- I'm <laughs> sure it's Bob <laughs> Castellini's
0: fault, though. Todd, what? It's Bob Castellini's fault. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Reds announced that Todd Frazier will throw out the ceremonial first pitch on opening day, and it got us to thinking: Is he even a Reds Hall of Famer?
1: no he is not it is not the hall of one good moment it's not the hall of a really great game it's not the hall of something exciting in an exhibition that was broadcast on national television it's the hall of fame it's supposed to be for the best of the best that played over a period of time in cincinnati and for the same reasons why i don't think scott Rowland is a reds hall of famer i don't think that that todd frazier is a reds hall of famer Uh, no matter what they did for their whole career no matter what they did and i'm not saying that todd frazier is as good as scott Rowland, but i'm just saying that you have to only consider what they did in Cincinnati, and you have to decide: is that does that add up to a Hall of Famer in your mind? Todd Frazier's career does not. Uh, you know, you you did a great job of of pulling out his just his Reds numbers for uh, the rundown here. You know, Todd Frazier's career as a Red slash line of two fifty seven, three twenty one, four sixty three. 108 home runs, 324 RBIs, and 633 games as a red. What does all that add up to? Well, let's use one of the stats that we included in our stats education throughout spring training this year. OPS plus. uh, Todd Frazier, 113. Only 13% above league average as a red.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where you start and then this argument. Yes, you're right. The, the one moment is fun. And that one moment will live in our lives, in our memories forever. Everything else about what he did with the Reds was fine. It wasn't Hall of Fame worthy. 13% above average is not Reds Hall of Fame worthy. Certainly not regular Hall of Fame worthy. It's definitely not Reds Hall of Fame worthy. So I I, I look at that and I say, congrats but it's odd to me because, all right, Todd Frazier is going to throw out the ceremonial first pitch. Did we have any Reds Hall of Famers available that day to throw a first pitch? Did we have any Reds greats to throw out the first? Yes. We had two pitchers that are leading the opening day parade. Could they both not have thrown Could one of them not have like, I, I feel like this was, uh, one of those movies, like, like, if you think about what was that movie? Uh uh um The Men Who Stare at Goats. Have you ever seen the <laughs> cast for The Men Who Stare at Goats? The cast is phenomenal. It's like they throw way too many people at a bad movie. Why on earth is Todd Fraser being thrown out here for the ceremonial first page? It
1: it, it really like, you know, my instant reaction was was nobody else available. I didn't even make the yeah. connection with the parade until you did. But uh, Yeah, the first pitch on opening day has a parade heading everybody to the ballpark led by two new members of the Reds Hall of Fame, both pitchers. One a starter, one a closer. You could have them both out there with guys of equal renowned Reds Hall of Famers catching the ball. I know that there's one particular Reds National Hall of Famer catcher that comes to town pretty much every opening day that's probably available to catch a ball. Uh, you know, Johnny Bench is always around on opening day. There, how we ended up with just T- Todd Frazier is beyond me. But it feels like yet another missed opportunity from Phil and the gang in the corporate offices at great american ballpark that he just couldn't be bothered to put together something that made sense and that seems to be uh what they do there this is what i said about the caravan this is what i said about now opening day this is what i've said about every major project that phil castellini has had a say in it just really feels like all of these things are yeah yeah whatever okay oh really we need somebody to throw the pitch <sighs> what's todd Frazier doing yeah get him yeah and like- we're done
0: I I also think about this and I, and I know that there's probably somebody saying, yeah, but this is going to be a great opportunity for them to like rehash that home run Derby win, that the drama of the moment and how loud the stadium was and all this other stuff. And it's like, I think we've come to the point where we've realized that there's two good moments in the history of the stadium. And one of them didn't matter for anything. It was fun. The home run derby was fun, but it was an exhibition. It wasn't a playoff game. It wasn't even a division clinching game like Jay Bruce. It wasn't a World Series game. This stadium that is so beautiful and I think is one of the most important things in Major League Baseball has seen nothing of importance in the postseason. So, sure. Can we celebrate this moment? Yes. But there's going to be those of us that are thinking in the back of our minds, Hey, we really need to get something
1: working in the postseason here. You know, it's funny you talk about these top moments at Great American Ballpark. Everybody knows I come all the way from Hawaii. So my stuff at Great American Ballpark has to be very scheduled. Uh, there's the top two moments in ballpark history one is Clinchmas. I wasn't there for that. Two is the Todd Frazier home run. I was there for that. And the third one is probably the opening of the ballpark itself. Yeah, when they moved into the joint and i was there for that too so coming from hawaii i have managed to see two of the three top moments in the history of this ballpark and that's just sad
0: yeah it's it's look and and sure is todd frazier a great guy easy guy to root for absolutely what we're saying is this franchise that has so much storied history and this city that takes opening day so much more serious than any other city. I don't care what team you're talking about. You can be talking about the best fans in baseball. We got a better opening day than St. Louis suck on that. So when you're taking it as seriously as we are, you got to take the opening day ceremonial first pitch seriously. And we're going to sit here and break this down and look at this and say, yeah, we got two dudes leading the hall, leading the parade that are reds hall of famers. Why on earth is neither of them throwing out this first pitch? I'm sorry. Let me I just I just no, for let some me, reason I just
1: nerve and I know. Let, let me ask you this. Does Todd Frazier being in the ballpark and being, you know, going to be announced on the field and wave honored ovation. I mean, clap for, yeah, does that, that move the needle as far as ticket sales go because opening day is still not sold out? No. That's that's a problem. And I I I'm just I'm so I'm I'm hypothesizing here. It does is anything having Todd Frazier involved with it? do anything to sell more tickets no
0: and and i I think if you talk to younger fans that you know we're, we're hoping become reds fans as this team gets good if you ask them if they know who todd frazier is i bet most of them would say no
1: well that's a sad commentary but listen that's enough killjoy out of us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We got this show. Look, Todd Frazier is the best they could do for opening day, or at least the best idea that Phil Castellini could come up with. And we'll clap for him and we'll, we'll watch the replay of the home run on the jumbotron. And then we'll be excited about reds opening day, which is really uh, what that day is all about anyway. Listen, Jeff, the Reds have made some cuts in camp over the last week, and we didn't have a whole lot of time to talk about them as they were happening. And there are a few names that stand out. Uh, We'll tell you who they are and why it matters coming up next. But before we get into all that, I want to take a minute to talk about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat that won't uh, put all of the fat and calories on you, then you gotta try a Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you. Uh, They're perfect for maintaining your diet, remaining healthy, uh, continuing to achieve your health goals. Built Bar is for you. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing statistics. And you know how much I love the stats around here. Uh, What's even better is that they're healthy for you. Uh, They're only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar. So if you're doing keto, this bar is for you. Uh, They have a whopping 17 grams of protein jam-packed inside. And now you don't even have to wait around the mailbox to get yourself a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars from Built.com. And you can still do that, but now you can get them at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Jeff's favorite Uh, if you're close to a sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box with some of the hit flavors like brownie batter and my personal favorite the churro that thing is amazing Uh, make sure that you head over to sam's club or walmart or you can still visit built.com and get yourself some built bars today you can thank me later You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure if you're following us on YouTube, you click both the subscribe and the notification bell so that you always know when we post something and when we go live. There's going to be a lot of extra video content this season only on the YouTube feed. So if you're only getting us in the audio, make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well so you never miss something new. Uh, in between shows, you can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. That's with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked On Reds. All right, Jeff. The Reds uh, made cuts last week. And and we say cuts. Let's let me back up. They moved people from the major league portion of spring training over to minor league camp they didn't cut these right. guys and, and kick them out they still have jobs they're still with the organization they were just transferred over to the backfields you won't be seeing them working out with the major leaguers you won't be seeing them in very many of the spring training games the rest of the way and there's some notable names here jeff i think the one that jumped out at me the most especially because i had just finished singing his praises on the aloha friday live show and saying that i hope they gave him a few more chances nick crawl must have heard me and said aha I've got him Uh, that's Levi Stout Uh, not long after I said I wanted to see more of Levi Stout and give him a chance to compete for the starting rotation they sent him packing to minor league camp Levi Stout no longer in the competition for the starting rotation
0: yeah and that's something that kind of stuck out to me as well is that I feel like it's early and and maybe that was more of a commentary on the fact that Brandon Williamson has a lot more time at triple a than Levi Stout did so they're probably thinking okay let's get him a little bit more exposure in Louisville let's get him some more work there but that was an early admission to who's not in the starting rotation uh battle anymore and what was even more sad is that i saw that chase anderson's name was actually listed on there he's not in it he's just there no. for depth for spring training but yes levi stout a little bit surprising the other guy that surprised me is a guy the reds traded for this last offseason now it was it was one of those, like, player to be named later or cash trades that they sent to the Rangers for Nick Solak, and Nick Solak was a little bit more of just a roster casualty for a team that was going heavy on the offseason, trying to sign free agents, trying to add more talent to their team. So could the Reds find something with Nick Solak? Probably, but they already admitted that he's not part of the opening day roster anymore. They sent him down to minor league spring training, and That's a little bit surprising for me. But then again, the outfield is very crowded as far as competition goes. And I don't know that I can make an argument for Nick Solak over any one of the guys.
1: No, I was surprised. I I think like you, I was surprised that it happened already, but I'm not surprised that it happened. I never really had him on my list as a guy that was going to make the team. Uh, Another guy that they sent over to minor league camp. That is not a shocker, but I wanted to see more of him. I I wanted them to wait till the very last minute to move him to minor league camp. And that's Noel V Marte. Uh, he's fun to watch. Uh, I like seeing him get the rips. I like seeing the energy that he was playing with. And I like seeing how that rubbed off on other guys. And I get it. You have to kind of start honing in these lineups and get guys playing time and do the things. But I really wanted to see him well into maybe the last week of spring training, uh, just for all those reasons that I just said, but he's also been sent over to minor league camp.
0: He looked good at third base too. I think that, you know, we'll see him play every day at third base and triple a He'll be ready. Maybe see a late season call up in September or something like that, and he's going to compete for an opening day roster spot next year. I don't think we thought he was going to be on the opening day roster this year by any stretch of the imagination. And like I said, a late season call up. But I have, I, I, I'm with you. I've been impressed with what I've seen from Noel V. Marte. Uh, a couple other names to point out: Mike Ciani was also sent down to minor league camp, and uh, Levi, or I'm sorry, Leon Richardson. As well, Leon Richardson being a pitcher, Siani being an outfielder. Siani, I don't know. I mean, he's fast and he fields well, but just about everybody that watches him says they're not sure if he can hit. And if at this point you're not sure if you can hit, there's lots of guys who are trying out for this outfield right now that can hit, and I think I'd like to see them first.
1: Well, and you know, for anybody that was listening to you and I all off-season long, that's exactly how we said that it was going to play out. That at the end of the day, Mike Siani is a defense first outfielder uh, that really uh, his hitting was going to be what prohibited him. And they brought in other guys like Will Benson to uh, to fill out that roster. So, uh, you know, I think Mike Siani is going to be a valuable tool to have in a bind. If somebody gets nicked up and you need a guy that can play out there for a few days until you can figure out what you want to do. I think that's who Mike Siani is going to be with all these moves, Jeff, one of the things that we didn't touch on here and, and, since we've got just a couple minutes left, uh, I want to circle back to the Levi Stout transaction and him being moved to uh, minor league camp. And I think we'll probably spend some more time on this uh, in a future episode this week. But I think in addition to saying who's not in the starting rotation competition, I think that it also says they've already made a decision about the number four starter, and that's going to be Luke Weaver.
0: Mm, I could see that because... Every report that I'm seeing, whether it's Charlie, whether it's Bobby Nightingale, Yale, whether it's Mark Sheldon, pretty much everybody has him in their suggested, you know, final two. Now I have seen Louis Sessa. I have seen some Connor Overton. I've seen some Brandon Williamson. I still firmly believe it should be Brandon Williamson. And that's not me saying in an ideal world or, uh, you know, what should be the future, what, what should be by the end of the, I'm thinking opening day, you open this year with a rotation that includes Brandon Williamson. And look, the, the reason for that is Luis Sessa is most valuable out of the bullpen. I think we've said this quite a few times on the podcast and for multiple different reasons, because he could be your super relief pitcher. If you need him in a bind late in the game, he's good for that. If you need him because a starter has only gone two or three innings and he needs to eat up two or three or maybe even four innings himself, he can do that too. And I think that this bullpen needs that, especially with guys who are going to be filtering in and out. Levi Stout's going to be in this rotation at some point this year. Andrew Abbott is going to be in this rotation at some point this year. There's going to be lots of young guys in here because we need to see them. We need to see what they have. And you need to have guys that can kind of back them up whenever they don't have their best stuff on any given day. So I think that that's the best spot for Louis Sessa. Same with Connor Overton, although I think more just as our long relief pitcher, not as like the, you know, anything you need type guy. So give me Luke Weaver and give me Brandon Williamson.
1: Well, one thing's for sure, Jeff, we're going to continue to watch it as these uh, last couple weeks of spring training unfold. Uh, I know you you and I are going to spend a lot of time uh, looking at just how this rotation and bullpen are going to shake out. There's, uh, there's still some spots up for grabs, and I think they're going to be up for grabs well into the final week of spring training, and we're going to have everybody covered for all of that action.
0: And hopefully we're just talking about the fourth and fifth slots and we're not talking about somebody replacing an injured pitcher. Like we were scared about with Graham Ashcraft on Sunday. He's fine. It was just a cramp. He's good. Anyway, that's what's going to wrap up today's edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out. Coming up tomorrow, Babe Ruth was almost a red twice. We're going to tell you exactly how the Reds missed out on two opportunities to add the Babe to Cincinnati. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. Now make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom as they bring you every day the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And Steve, every day as we look at this team and as we get ready for opening day that's less than three weeks away, we're getting to the point that I can start to just feel
1: that energy on Thursday so what's that mean for you and me that means you and I are going to be paying extra close attention to the transactions the waivers the rumors, the interviews and the news and we're going to bring all that information right back here and keep everybody watching and listening locked on Reds every single day do you think they'll let me throw out the first pitch I'm going to get a cramp pulling up to Mickey D's
0: just for drinks oh yeah that's me